Hi everyone, uh, this is uh, your host of FGU, Life After the Military, Tony Rodriguez, and uh, this is a special uh, pop-up episode of the program. Like I said, I want to do about one episode a week, uh, not because I don't have the time, but just because there are other things that I want to do, and I, I don't want to um, take away from each episode. Each episode should have like its own theme, and give people an opportunity to download it and think about what was discussed and, and just soak it in. Right. Um, but this episode I wanted to do uh, for several reasons. Uh, one, first of all, I want to make sure that everyone knows uh, where to get the podcast uh, and please let other people know um, you can download it on, on Podbean or you can look it up on Spotify or iTunes. Um, secondly, uh, I was Asked earlier uh, about the format of the program, you know, why is it so choppy? It, well, it's not really choppy. It, I just want everyone to understand, like, I'm not trying to be the next Joe Rogan or Pat McAfee. I'm not trying to make millions or hundreds or even tens of dollars off of this program. Uh, that that was never my goal. And there's really no format to it. It's just my introduction and then my guest, whoever that it is for that week, it's an open forum. They can discuss whatever they want. Um, I'm going to ask questions about how they transferred out of the military so we can provide just ideas for people who are getting out so they know that there's no one structured way to do it. It's You're open uh, to however you want to do it. It's You're limited by your own imagination, right? Um, so I'm also going to like talk about mental health for me is a big thing. Uh, so... I'm going to bring that up, uh, and if my guests want to talk about it, then they're more than welcome to. If they don't want to, then that's fine. They don't have to. There's no set format on this. Um, each episode is going to be around 25 minutes to 40 minutes. Uh, I don't know about everyone else out there, but when I you know, see podcasts that are about five minutes, it's like I don't tune in because kind of just wasting my time. And if it's a podcast over 40 minutes, then it has to be in uh, a topic that I'm very, very interested in. And I don't know if this podcast is going to be for everybody. So I want to keep it around 30 to 40 minutes. So if at the end of the pod, it seems like I'm cutting it short. It's not to be rude or disrespectful to anyone. Um, it's just trying to keep it around 40 minutes. If you want any more information, by all means, uh, on my guest, you can reach out to me, um, email me at arantonioRodriguez98 at gmail.com, and I'll get back to you and get you more information on whatever the topic was or our, our guest. If you email me, I'll respond. Um, but this podcast, um, I wanted to talk about mental health, a little bit about me and why I was interested in doing this. Uh, Throughout my military career, um, especially in my time in special operations, uh, you could ask people uh, that knew me from, let's say, about 2006 to about 
2009. I used to joke more. Yeah, I was a little grouchy because that might be my personality, but I would joke more and I would talk to people and go out. And then after about 2009, I, I was just withdrawn and very angry and just didn't want to do very much. Um, but throughout that, my entire military career, there were very few people who actually took five seconds to ask like, Hey, what's going on? Hey, do you want to talk or what? Just what's up? Like, why are you so mad? Nobody ever asked. Right. And there was no reason for them to ask. Um, like I said, uh, my time in division, I loved it. Um, but it was division. It was, you know, 82nd Airborne Division, it's a great place. Um, I think the greatest thing about it is when you leave. You know, I've never been to prison, but I would assume that that's what it feels like. It's like, yeah, I did my time, I'm out. Um, so, you know, that's just division. But my time in uh, in special operations, you know, um, I, I deployed three times to Iraq, Um and during those deployments, you know, I was hit by IEDs twice and once by an RPG. You know, you get shot at and you get, you know, hit with mortars and rockets. And I had kids throw feces at me. I had kids throw rocks at me, uh, you know, and I'm not special. I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands of people um, that served the military during this time that went through the same things that I did. Uh, but it took a toll on me. And for me, I, I mean, there's no easy way to say this. It, it was, it was just eating up at me and I, I just hated myself. I would get down on myself. I had what you would call, I, uh, what was that? Survivor's guilt. Um, I had two friends who went over one in Afghanistan and one in Iraq, um, and one lost one leg, the other one lost two legs. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out how is it that I survived two ID blasts and RPG. And the worst thing that happens to me is I come out concussed. Like, why, why me? And that would eat up at me. And it ate up at me for a very, very long time. And I would drink. I would drink heavily um, just to be numb. Because um, I just didn't want to think about it anymore. And... and I hated myself because I survived with no major injuries. I didn't realize that the problems that I had in my mind was a major injury. I couldn't make that connection. Um, so I was withdrawn and I just became angry. Um, you know, a lot of times where I used to work, we used to get out pretty early. And for me, I would, you know, I run home and I had a 12 pack. You know, 12 pack of Sam Adams because that was my beer or our Coronas, right? And uh, as soon as I got home, I'd pop three open and I'd try to drink those three in five minutes. I My goal was try to get one beer a minute walking through that door, which was insane, right? Um, but that's what I wanted to do is I just wanted to be numb. Um, I, what was called, what you would call a functional drunk. Right, because I knew I still had responsibilities, so I couldn't drink before I went to work because I would get in trouble. I couldn't drink while I was at work because I would get in trouble and I might injure somebody. So I had to wait till I got home, and then even when I got home, I 
I couldn't drink too much because, you know, I had my, my children that I had to take care of. But I could get to that point where I was numb. Once I, you know, helped my daughter with her homework and made dinner, made sure everything was straight, I could go right ahead and just continue drinking. And, uh, you know, I was asked, like, well, why didn't you? It's like, because I, I wouldn't. I would try to control it, try to control it as much as I could, or at least slow it down um, so it wasn't passed out by 5 p.m. every day, you know? Uh, and this might seem absurd uh, because for a while there, I, I I thought it would be better if I just I got in my car and drove away. Felt like I was a cancer um, to my family. I felt like I was bringing them down, like I was holding everybody back. Um, that they would just be better off if I wasn't around. I also knew that uh, they depended on me um, financially, so I I had to provide for them. So I didn't know what I should do. Should I just drive off a cliff? Should I walk off in the woods? Should I go get a, an, an apartment and just like you know pay? all the bills here make sure they're taken care of. And then I could just be away from them so they could live happily ever after. And I wouldn't, you know, bring them down. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know how to deal with this. Uh, it was hard. And I was asked like, well, what kept you grounded? It's like nothing really kept, kept me grounded, you know? Um, but what kept me holding on, and this seems ridiculous, right? One, is my family, my kids, like they seen them happy, um, help me get through each day. Um, but besides that, cause that's the obvious answer, right? Uh, well, for me, this is, you're going to hear this and you're going to think this is ridiculous, but there's a show on ESPN, right? Um, uh, comes out at five 30 every day. It's a part of the interruption with the, Mr. Kornheiser and Mr. Wilbon Wright. I wouldn't drink or get plastered because I wanted to make sure that I could remember what they said. Um, because I like their show. And I didn't care what they were talking about. Who, who cares about the sports? Sports is just entertainment, right? It's just it's just adults playing catch or whatever it is. Who who cares? It's just entertainment, right? Um, but what I liked was that it was two friends that would they were on a show every day. And they would argue. And they would discuss things. And at the end, they knew they were friends. And for me, I thought, wow. If I hold on, well, you know, if I just hold on. Maybe I can find a friend. You know, at the time, I didn't think I was deserving of a friend. Um, 
but I just kept telling myself, just, just hold on. Just, you know, tomorrow will be another episode of PTI and you can watch it and you can see two friends and maybe someday uh, you'll earn that, you know? And what I didn't realize is that I needed some help. Like I needed to go see somebody to get some help so I could talk about the things that were uh, bringing me down the, the baggage uh, that I was carrying. And it, it took a while, uh, but I eventually went, you know, and I'm not talking about a while. It took, but first time I went to Iraq was in 2003. I think I went to go get help back in, I don't know, 2018. Um, but, you know, like I said, these names you're going to keep hearing over and over through these uh, podcasts, right? Uh, the friends that I made, my brothers that I met, I didn't meet them until, uh, you know, I went to uh, Special Operations Drew. I met him in 2006, junior, um, late 2006, early 2007. Uh, Jesse, I met him in 2007, and John, Orlando, and Al, I met like in 2013 and 2015, you know? And those guys are my brothers, and they're there for me. I know, I know they're there for me, and, uh, you know, they, they helped me out through a lot, and Drew especially helped me out through a great deal. Um, when I got into trouble... Uh, when I was drinking down in Paraguay, I got sent back. You know, nobody wanted to touch me. Drew stuck his neck out for me and gave me an opportunity to uh, go to his his unit, to his company. Right? I, I didn't deserve it. I didn't. I definitely didn't earn it. Uh, I was still drinking, um, but Drew stuck his neck out for me. So um, on that deployment, like I had very little time to prepare or. or do anything. So I made sure like I came up with a plan, right? Again, I'm a functional drunk. So I came up with a plan. It's like, well, I, I can't stop drinking. I have to drink. So, you know, I'll, I'll go do my missions and do whatever I need to do, but I'll have this bottle and I'll put it in my room. And once I'm done for the day, I'll go to my room and I'll lock the door and then I can have some drinks in there. And that's what I would do um, every day. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't get myself or any, anyone in trouble. And, you know, people always had this idea of me of like, oh, hey, yeah, like he's a paratrooper. He loves jumping out of airplanes or like he loves jump mastering. And it's like, I hated that. I hated every second of it. There wasn't anything I liked about it. I'm afraid of heights. I don't want to put on a parachute. I don't want to be in an airplane. Actually, being. And an airborne unit has ruined me for travel because I hate getting on airplanes now. Because now when I feel that engine revving up and we take off, it, uh, my anxiety kicks in because I think I, I have to jump out. Um, so, no, there was nothing I liked about it. Um, I had one buddy who got out of the Army and he came back. And he's like, oh, nobody's going to care about your jump mastery. And it's like, oh, I, I, I wouldn't think so. I, I don't know too many places in the regular world where you're jumping out of an airplane. And even if there was, I don't want to do that because I hate it. Um, there are several reasons why I went that route. One, I knew if I became a paratrooper, 
was probably coming to Fort Bragg. And so my family didn't have to go overseas. Um, two, if I became a jump master, then it would help me maybe get promoted, which provide would provide me with more money so I can provide for my family. Um, but the third reason, and I don't know if it's selfish, it, it kept me busy. It kept me from, like, I didn't want anybody to die because of my stupidity. So on the days that there were airborne operations, like, I'm not touching anything. I'm, I'm not drinking because I don't want anybody to get hurt. Um, not because of me. Um, so it kept me busy. I volunteer for stuff, not because I liked it. But, hey, can you go set up the drop zone? I, I hated every second of that. But I knew that I had to stay focused. I had to be sober for it. So I would go do it. When I came back on one of my missions from South America, um, they were opening up the position to medics. And so I volunteered. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I, you know, I, I won't be the best medic, but I can pass. Uh, I had no interest in being a medic. Like, sure, I want to help the guys on my team. But other than that, like, I, I don't care. Like, I... I have no interest in medicine. No, I know I can do it because I can do whatever I set my mind to. If I set a goal, I'll develop a plan to achieve that goal. But I don't I have no interest in medicine, none whatsoever. But I know that's a difficult school. So if I go to that school, I'm not going to have time to drink. My mind will be occupied with school. So maybe this will be a time where I can get sober. And it it was, um, you know, between 2003 to 2010, I don't know if there was really a sober day of my life. Um, in 2009, I ran a marathon up in Raleigh. And two days before that, I got completely and totally drunk. Like, who in the right mind does that? That's insane. Um, but I said, well, I can drink on Friday because that'll give me Saturday to, you know, to sober up. And then I went, ran my marathon on Sunday, came back, and then had some beers to celebrate, right? Because that's what drugs do. But I was doing it just because I wanted to numb everything that was inside me. I didn't, I thought my family would be better off without me. And so aside from helping people transition out of the military and promoting businesses owned by veterans or spouses of veterans or the children of veterans, uh, I want to focus on the health aspect of people getting out of the military, not just the mental health, because that when you're in and when you're out, like, you have to take care of yourself because the army is not going to do it for you. They just want their, the army is just going to ask, can you go? And it's a yes or no question. And if it's no, then you better fix yourself so you can go. Well, once you're out, if you're lucky, you still have your family. You still might have a couple of friends. Yeah. When I, I finally cleaned myself up, I had to, like, get, I'm not saying get rid of people, but I had to distance myself from people who drank. 
because I just, I can't be around that environment at all. Like I, I can't have a drink and I know that, and I am perfectly fine with that. Um, other people don't understand that. And that's fine because my health is more important than their understanding. And I just want people who listen to this podcast to know that you need to take care of yourself. Your health is important, your physical and your mental health, and your relationships with your family and your friends. I mentioned physical health because I've seen multiple people who have retired. And, I, you know, I, I my body is just worn down. The physicians recommended that I have both shoulders replaced. Um, I have my lumbar spine fused together, and then I have my uh, left knee replaced and my left hip replaced. Um, when I go to sleep, <laughs> it I look like it looks like something out of uh, Star Wars. I look like Darth Vader trying to sleep in his in his chamber, you know, because I have my CPAP on, and then I have my pillows strategically placed to support my shoulders because if I can't, then it feels like they're being ripped off. I have, it feels like I have, I have daggers being driven through my shoulders. Right. Um, but I don't want that surgery because there's no guarantee it's going to make me better. You know, medicine, you could get better. You could stay the same or you could get worse. Well, then I'm just going to write it out. Um, I'm not going on narcotics, right? Because I'm, I'm not doing that stuff. That That's just the thing. So I'll just write it out with, um, you know, my Tiger Bomb and my Tylenol. And, you know, maybe I can get some more Mobic. I don't know. Um, but your physical health is important. So like I said, I you know, one of my goals that I have before I die is to qualify for the Boston Marathon. I haven't developed a plan yet to do that because with my shoulders and my knee and my hip, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I am going to do it. I'm going to qualify for the Boston Marathon. I don't care about running the Boston Marathon. I just want to qualify for it. All right. So for my, you know, retirees out there or anybody who's gotten out of the military, um, if I have this mentality, because I, I don't want to put on a hundred pounds in the next two months and then die six months from now because I made it to the end. Woo! So now I'm going to just stop doing everything and, and just die a few, a few months from now. It's like, that's insane. Like just because you made it to the end of your military career, doesn't mean you made it to the end of your life. So yes, you, you please don't go do road marches and don't like try to lift a thousand pounds. Um, but, you know, like I said, uh, maybe I can't run on the pavement, but maybe I can go for a walk or maybe I can, you know, use the elliptical. Or maybe I can just watch what I eat. I know that's probably not what most people want to hear, but, you know, I, I didn't make it all this way just so I could put on, you know, 500 pounds in the next month. Uh, yeah, I, I I love eating donuts. You know, I sell Day I retired, I celebrated when a Dunkin' Donuts stopped. Got myself a maple donut and a large coffee. 
and <laughs> not the medium. I got the large, you know, because that's how I wanted to celebrate. And then the next day I went back on, you know, my regular routine diet, which involves a lot of carrots, cheese, you know, fish. You know, I haven't given up eating steaks, but I don't eat as many salads anymore because I don't like eating that. But, you know, that doesn't mean I had to eat 10 pounds of potatoes or carbs. So what I'm saying is take care of yourself mentally and physically. I'm looking to um, see if I can get a, a nutritionist on here or maybe a physical trainer um, just to give us people tips um, for people who are injured. Because I'm not a physical trainer. I, I, I don't know. For me, just, you know, try to make things as simple as, as possible. It's like, well, if I naturally burn off 2,000 calories a day, then maybe I should only take in 1,500 to 2,000 calories a day. Don't take in 6,000 uh, 6, calories and think you're going to lose weight. That's not how it works. So please just take care of yourself. If you need, um, there's no shame in going and getting help um, for any mental problems you have. And in reality, it takes, I think it takes a little bit more courage um, because there's a stigma of like, oh, wow, he went to go. He must be crazy. It's like, who cares, dude? I don't know who you are, Holmes. So why do I care about your opinion? And this is where I view things. When I hit rock bottom, who was there? Not not these random people on the street, right? So now that I, I'm doing better and, you know, I've accomplished a lot of my goals. Um, you know, just this year, uh, I wrote Mr. Kornheiser an email. Thanking him for his podcast, you know. And his TV show. And so he gave me a shout out on his podcast. For me, that meant the world. That was that was like on my bucket list. <laughs> I think he took about like 50 seconds on his podcast to, you know, mention me, thank me for my service. That meant everything. And then a, a few weeks ago, um, I got to go up to uh, uh, GalaxyCon, right? It's uh, the Nerd Fest up in Raleigh, right? A bunch of nerds go. And, you know, when I was growing up and in the military, I was always ashamed of that. Well, you know what? I was born a nerd. I lived my life as a nerd, and I'm probably going to die a nerd. That's who I am. And I'm pretty proud of it. And if anybody has a problem with it, oh, well. Too bad, Holmes. Um. But I was up there, and they had a bunch of wrestling fans, and I, I went. Of course, I saw all the nerd stuff, you know, all the anime stuff and, you know, all the Star Wars, Star Trek stuff. And, um, but I went up there because I wanted to get a picture with my uh, wrestling hero, Sting. When I would leave the wire in Iraq... Um, I was always afraid, you know, but you don't want to say that. You don't want to say that to your buddy. He's like, Hey man, like I'm actually scared. Right. Cause they're going to say you're a punk. Uh, so I would always think of my parents, right. 
Uh, my dad, he was pretty harsh. He wasn't harsh. He was just, that was just him. Right. And, uh, Whenever he was mad, he would, you know, curse at me in Spanish. And it wasn't even cursing. It was just that's the way he spoke. And so before I'd go out, like, I'd get nervous. And I could hear him telling me in the background, you know, putting in his words, um, you know, to basically get ready. Like, you, you got to go. And then I could hear my mother's voice, you know, telling me, hey, everything's going to be all right. Just just near your father. Like, we're with you and you'll be okay. Um, but the third thing that I would I would um, do is I would listen to uh, his uh, Sting's theme music, uh, his entrance music. It's turbocharged. I try to get it as the intro music for this podcast, but uh, evidently I have to pay. I don't know how much to do it. I don't have that kind of money. Um, so, but I would listen to that, and I would anytime like uh, you know start watching him back in the late 80s and you know whenever i had like a track meet in in, in high school and in college i would i'd listen to that and it, it would you know get me get my mind right and you know for some dumb reason in high school i volunteered to do the pole vault and again i don't know why i'm afraid of heights but yeah i'll do it right and uh i was always afraid to do it but you know i would listen to that theme music and uh it would get me to do it so um, I got to meet Singh and, you know, I almost. I almost fell apart because like. Like, how do you meet your hero, you know? How do you explain to someone how much they've influenced you when you first meet them, you know? tell them like hey man like you helped me get through very hard times in iraq he, he never deployed he doesn't he doesn't know uh, you know i gave him my medal one of my medals i i received from iraq and like he didn't know what it was and so i had to explain it to him and you know i had blabbering um Fortunately, his assistant was there, so she knew a little bit about it, so she explained it to him, because, you know, I was just babbling on and on and on and on. I, I don't even know if I made sense, because from what I said, I, I I don't know. I could have been speaking clean on for, for all I know. I'm just trying to get so many words out. Um, but, you know, I, I really appreciate, like, stuff like that. And, you know, I was able to like meet him and that was also on my bucket list um, this year. You know, like I said, I, I finally graduated from UC Irvine. I promised my mother back in 1992 that I would graduate from there. And it took what, 30 years, <laughs> 30 years to get my degree from that place. But, but I accomplished it. And, uh, you know, now, like I said, I'm sitting around. It's like, Wow, I don't. Once my daughter graduates from college, I don't know what's left, and that's all on her. I don't have very much to do. Um, so I was thinking too, like, wow, man, I could just sit here and eat donuts for the rest of my life, and I don't have to do anything. But that's not really living. Um, like I said, you know, the people down at Cape Fear Music, I really appreciate Tony Harris. Uh, 
he's been great. Like been taking guitar lessons with him and I'm hoping uh, the other instructor down there, Brad, I hope he has a slot open up because I want to take some ukulele lessons. I'm hoping that my daughter, my granddaughter and I can form some sort of uh, string band. My daughter plays the violin. I'm trying to get my granddaughter to play the uh, mandolin and, you know, I'll come in on the ukulele because it's only four strings. Like, so I think I could handle that, um, you know, but trying to find things to that I enjoy and, you know, not everybody's going to enjoy what I like and, and, and that's all right. Uh, I was telling Junior that, you know, I started taking dance lessons and had people like, well, why are you taking dance lessons? Like, well, you're not paying for it. So don't worry about it. I'm doing what I want to do. Right. Like I, I, you know, have this problem with people touching me, right? Like freaks me out. Um, but they're very understanding. If, you know, if you're in the Fayetteville area and you want to learn how to dance, go down to uh, Ro Roland's dance studio. You know, they're great down there. Uh, Roland's very, he's very happy to teach people and he's very understanding. Uh, I explained my whole situation and they're great. Um, I haven't taken dance lessons there for about the last, I don't know, four months, but I'm going to start up again. And like I said, the re uh, reason I haven't is just because uh, my shoulders have been like acting up, but you know, I'm going to go out there and start taking dance lessons again. Uh, probably in the next couple of months. And so just find what you like to do, what, you know, makes you happy. And if you like to play video games, that's fine. Play video games. But how about you like go out someplace and play video games so you can be around other people. Like don't don't just be trapped inside. Uh, you know, if you're hurting inside, like reach out again. If if you need to, like reach out to me. If you want to reach out to me, that's fine. My email again is arantoniorodriguez98 at gmail.com. And you know, I'll I'll get back to you. I'm I know I don't have a very pleasant voice, but you know, if you want to get in contact with anybody that you hear on this show, then you know, we I can get you in contact with them. Um again, I'm not doing this to try to make any money. Uh, just trying to help people and trying to like help promote uh, some businesses for people, uh, for, for some veterans. Um, so unfortunately today I don't have any puppies to uh, promote um, because it, this was, like I said, uh, a pop-up uh, podcast episode. So I know I don't have any puppies or wombats or any, anybody to, uh, promote but uh the there is one business i'd like to um just give a shout out um it's to my friend uh aaron sanchez um he's a instructor in firearms at alpha sierra training um, I highly recommend him. Um, if you have, you know, I sent my wife and my daughter out there so they could learn how to handle a weapon uh, because I, I don't, I'm not a very good teacher when it comes to things like that. I, I'm uncoordinated, so I shouldn't be teaching people how to use a firearm. Uh, but, you know, He's very knowledgeable, and if you're in the Fayetteville area and you want to learn uh, 
how to use a pistol if you've never used one before, then you know, reach out to him and you can, you know, go into the Google machine and type in Alpha Sierra Training and it'll pop right up. Um, if you want to learn how to get your concealed carry license, um, you know, you can show you how to do that. Um, or he has advanced pistol uh, classes as well. So, you know, if you just want to go out and meet other people, if you have a passion of shooting, like just get in contact with him and, you know, see what you guys can do. All right. So this was a little heavy episode. Um, but I just wanted to give people an insight of why I'm doing this. I, I think that mental health is, we've put it off way too long. And we deserve the best treatment available. Not because we serve, but because we're human beings and we deserve it. Now, if you want to say it's because we serve, fine. But we deserve not to have to carry this baggage with us every second of every day for the rest of our lives. So just be good to yourself, all right? Remember, you know, Drew likes to say that we're not special. I think we're all special in our own way. Now, you may not make uh, millions of dollars off of your special skill, but you are you have something that separates you from everyone else. Don't forget that, all right? Um, for me, this was pretty heavy. So right now I'm going to go listen to uh, the three songs that always cheer me up. I'm going to go listen to uh, uh, four songs, I should say. I'm going to go listen to uh, Friday I'm Love by The Cure, because that's the first song my daughter ever learned how to sing. and It makes me smile when I hear it. Um, two, I'm going to go listen to Striper calling on you, because, I mean, if you hear that song, how can you not like just smile when you hear it? Um, of course, anybody who knows me knows I love Journey, so I'm going to go listen to uh, Be Good to Yourself. And lastly, because, I mean, they're just the best, is uh, I'm going to go listen, listen to Spirit of Radio by Rush, because it's all Rush all the time. Um, so with that, we'll talk to you next time. Zot, 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 and roll tide.